the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And she's ready to tackle the big cultural and legal issues facing America. This is The Jenna Ellis Show. Here is your host, Jenna Ellis. Hello, friends, and happy Wednesday. Today is another episode of The Jenna Ellis Show, and I am Jenna Ellis. And before we get to my amazing guest today, who I'm really excited to have on the show, I wanted to cover a couple of the top headlines this morning. Um, There's always so much going on every day, and I do the Twitter doom scroll uh, thing every morning. And wanted to just give you a a couple of perspectives on, um, on a few things before we get to my guest today. So the first headline is from Newsmax that judge rejects challenge to Southwest vaccine mandate. So a federal judge has blocked a bid by pilots uh, to block Southwest Airlines from imposing a vaccine mandate, saying the airline is within its power to require vaccination as a safety measure. So the U.S. District Judge denied the request by the airline's pilot union to issue a temporary restraining order against the airline's requirement. So if you remember, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when uh, the pilots were first filing this uh, as part of their union. And basically the argument from them was that this was an additional employment condition that hadn't gone through the collective bargaining process and it was a unilateral requirement that was just slapped on uh, to their their agreement, their employment agreement. And for this federal judge, and and I haven't uh, read the entire um, the entire opinion, if there is one, uh, but it just uh, the the article just said that the judge Tuesday said that Southwest is within its authority to require vaccinations to improve safety and maintain operations. So this is absurd to me because there is absolutely no rational basis with all of the stats out there that we know about COVID uh, and the survival rate with all of the stats we know about the breakthrough uh, the, the breakthrough cases and with everything we know about how this is a 99.98% survival rate of a of a virus. There's no rational basis or there's no reason that a judge could possibly say that this is within a safety operation for an airplane. I mean, th- this is stuff w- when we normally talk about safety operations for an airplane, we're talking about things that are literal safety issues like, you know, w- why you have to remain seated uh, when when the flight is taking off so that when there's turbulence, you know, you don't necessarily fly out of your seat. I mean, things that are uh, general safety regulations that actually have a purpose and they can say, well, if you don't do this, it could cause actual literal harm. Um, so this hopefully will get appealed. Um, this was to me kind of a discouraging uh, ruling from this judge and not incredibly uh, not not incredibly surprising, but at the same time, I thought that this uh, particular reasoning for this ruling uh, really ignored the issue that the pilots 
were contemplating and were arguing. So we'll see how this case goes, and we'll follow that uh, as it continues to progress. There are a number of other uh, COVID mandate objections and lawsuits throughout the country. So definitely as uh, anything happens on those or as opinions come down, I'm certainly going to cover that on this show because I know that um, everyone who is listening to this program, I get so many emails, texts, DMs, Twitter comments, I mean, everything every day uh, with people who are very, very concerned about vaccine mandates and particularly religious exemptions. So uh, we'll definitely continue to cover that. The second uh, top trending headline today, of course, was uh, AG Merrick Garland testifying before this uh, Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, I've been <laughs> I've been watching this this morning and It's just laughable. I mean, he's refusing to answer questions. He looks like an idiot. And Tom Cotton saying, thankfully, you're not a Supreme Court justice and you should resign in disgrace, I think encapsulates everything about this hearing. And my question is, why is it so hard in this country to find decent, good actually uh, well well suited for their job, attorneys general. I mean, this is now the third attorney general that we've had in a row from, from both administrations and from both sides, by the way, who just seem like idiots and they're not really doing their job well. I mean, we had, you know, of course, President Trump said, that uh, Jeff Sessions was possibly the worst personnel decision of his administration. And then we had uh, Bill Barr, who for a while, you know, seemed like he was doing a good job, but then, of course, became um, more of a political hack toward uh, the end of his tenure. And I think, um, you know, went back and forth on uh, on a lot of things and just really didn't have his DOJ uh, perform a lot of the functions that it's supposed to in terms of law enforcement and oversight. Um, and now we have Merrick Garland, who's just kind of this sniveling little weasel up there who doesn't want to answer anything. And I'm actually surprised that Garland, um, even though he was, of course, uh, Obama's nominee as, as kind of a uh, of a compromise when Justice Scalia passed away and you know right before the 2016 election and ultimately of course uh, the Senate under McConnell refused to even uh, hear his his nomination um, and co- and his start confirmation proceedings um so he was still a judge and why he left a federal lifetime appointment to now do this job for a couple of years and he's not doing it well um is probably a bad decision but you know hey that's he was he was uh appointed by Biden. He took the job. Um, but I wonder, honestly, if he's starting to regret that decision. So the bottom line coming out of the uh, Senate Judiciary hearing today was uh, he made himself look like even more of an idiot than he has in the past. And I think Tom Cotton's uh, phrasing there was was absolutely spot on that he just needs to resign in disgrace. But, you know, everybody in the Biden administration um, is pretty disgraceful as well. So Uh, Friends, we're going to talk really quickly about legacy precious metals and then get to my guest. And now is the time for Americans to take steps to protect their finances and their retirements. When times are turbulent, you need an asset that protects you. And that's why I believe in investing in gold and trust my friends at legacy precious metals. Gold offers a hedge against inflation. And it protects you from the volatile financial markets. Legacy Precious Metals is a company that you can trust to give you good and patient counsel for your personal situation. Their team of experts has decades of experience helping Americans like you and me make the right decision for ourselves and our family. So call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-528-1903. That's 866-528-1903. Or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. 
And joining me now is my special guest for today, Matt Tinch, who is a great friend of mine. I got to see him in Ohio when uh, I was there for the Josh Mandel event on Monday night and then got to spend some time with uh, Matt and his wife, Janelle. They have been such dear friends of mine for um, actually the last decade because uh, Matt and I actually went to law school together and uh, he is a wonderful Christian who's really involved in his church. And um, we had a really great conversation yesterday that I wanted to bring on to the podcast uh, for the benefit of everyone listening. And, you know, this is why having really good, solid friends in your immediate circle is so important because you get to um, not only have accountability, have uh, people who are praying for you um, and, and encouraging, which uh, Matt and Janelle absolutely are in my life, um, but also you get to uh, really learn from each other and have um, some great substantive conversations. And so Matt, thanks so much for uh, joining me on the podcast. And it was great to see you guys in Ohio. Jenna, I uh, really appreciate uh, your kind words. Obviously, we, uh, you know, we you know, value your friendship and we care a lot for you. We're cheering for you. And uh, you are a voice of uh, reason and truth among a crowd of confusion and relative uh, thought. And so we, uh, we keep you in our prayers constantly. And uh, some of the things you touched on uh, when you came to visit in Ohio are, are essential issues that are facing not only us now on a political um, front, but culturally and spiritually. Uh, these are issues that um, that are important because we are adrift from the foundations of both our understanding of our constitutional rights, the Bill of Rights, where they come from, what they protect, uh, what the government is allowed to do, what they're prohibited from doing. And then in the church, um, you know, we, we are battling a, a woke culture in the church People are drifting away from fundamental truths that are taught in Scripture, and there is confusion all throughout the land, and it is important for us to discuss getting back to the basics. I think that's what you touched on, and for me, it's something I've thought a lot about. Right now, I happen to be uh, teaching uh, a series uh, on Hebrews, and it's really it's really timely for the culture that we're in now. The, the Hebrew uh, Christian converts were facing persecution for their relationship to Jesus Christ, and many of them were contemplating a temporary apostasy just to go along to get along. They were sacrificing truth for peace, and the, there are at least five strong warnings against that in Scripture, and we see that even in, in our culture. One of the things that we talked about yesterday that I think is important, and, and really Prophetic is uh, George Washington's farewell address. Uh, many of the issues he warned against um, in his farewell address are issues we're facing today because we did not heed those warnings. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we had a great conversation yesterday, and I think exactly what you just touched on, Matt, um, is so important about getting back to the fundamental principles. And, you know, you, you mentioned something just now that I think is also important for people to recognize, which is the role of government uh, properly, but then also the role of the church, because I think the role of the church has, uh, has really gotten muddied, um, particularly over the last, um, you know, 50 and 60 years, and even most recently when we've gone more to 
um, a woke mentality and the church has, uh, unfortunately, yeah. some churches have bought into things like white fragility and communal yeah. guilt and, you know, all of these things that are actually a secular worldview perspective or just yeah. inconsistent wherever the, the views come from inconsistent with biblical truth. And so right. um, what in, in your view and in, and in studying and obviously through the new Testament, we see that, you know, God ordained the church as an institution and people need to understand obviously the proper role of government, but we, th- I think we need to understand also the proper role of the church. Yes. Well, you know, one of the things that you and I have touched on quite a bit in the last few days is this this issue we have where we all use the same vocabulary, but we each have different dictionaries. And so uh, everybody stands for truth. Everybody stands for equality. Everybody stands for justice. Everybody stands for the gospel message. Everybody loves the, the love stuff from the gospel. They love uh, the communal aspect of the early church. Um, But many of those things are ripped out of their context or completely altered in their definition. We have to start with the basics. It's it's just like a football team or anything else. When you get extended beyond what you're capable to to control, it's and things start falling apart like they are now, then you have to go back and say, what are we doing fundamentally that's wrong, that's got us to a place where we're at? Uh, one of the things that uh, we get warned against in, in the farewell address that I referenced earlier is this tribalism between uh, party system, uh, two-party system, you know, and, and it, it no longer becomes uh, us as Americans trying to uh, bring about a, a better and fairer just society, but it becomes then a team sport where I'm on the red team, you're on the blue team, and whatever I have to do, to win, whatever I have to do to get my uh, candidate elected, no matter where they fail, is what I'm going to do. And, and the means justify the ends. And, and we live in a culture of relativity, and there is no fundamental truth as a foundation uh, to which we can anchor our, our principles and our philosophies and our theologies. Um, our algorithms on social media uh, accumulate us in these. Uh, internet ghettos and isolate us uh, in in these factions and that we live in actually separate and distinct realities. It results in tribalism and it becomes sport, like I said. And so what we have to do is when we say we we support the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have to define what that means. And one of the things that the Hebrew converts to the Christian faith uh, a few decades after Christ actually walked the earth was that you know they were they were caught up in the the legalism of their previous uh, walk in in the law that from the Old Testament law, and so Jesus uh, he's more than just uh, the peace and love uh, he, he he is he is he is pointed to all throughout the Old Testament, and the God of the Old Testament is the God today, and to have a proper understanding in the context of who. Jesus Christ is and what his mission was and what his admonition to us was, we have to we have to define what that means because we're saying the same thing, but we don't mean the same thing. We live in different realities and it, it's caused the mess. Yeah, definitions matter. And that's one of the things for anyone who's ever done policy debate. Uh, that's the first lesson that you learn is that definitions yeah. matter and you can win or lose an argument in debate or in court or in, uh, you know, any other formal uh, rhetoric setting 
by winning or losing definitions, because that sets up your entire premise uh, within the confines of defining what it is you're arguing about. And so the left for a long time was uh, was trying to define things on their terms, but they've gone even more postmodern, uh, post-reality to now say yeah. that we can't even have any concrete definitions. And this whole relativistic worldview is so frustrating for anyone who's logical and rational and actually understands the world uh, and how it works. Yeah general to know that, you know, a refrigerator is different than a bird, right? I mean, you know, man is different than woman. You have to have Mm -hmm. distinct concrete definitions of knowing what exactly are the terms that we're even discussing, because then you can have a conversation and you can actually have an argument around it. And for people who've, yeah. you know, who've ever been in relationships, you know, whether that's um, a romantic relationship, a spousal relationship, or even just a friendship, uh, just interacting with other human beings, one of the most common frustrations is when you're like, we're not even talking about the same thing. You're not understanding right. where I'm even starting. And so, and that yeah. becomes a problem of, definitions. And what the left is doing is that they're saying you can't even define discreetly what it means to be a man and where man stops and woman begins or where human life starts and begins versus an animal. I mean, or any of these things that they want to say that your gender is this fluid concept, the U.S. Constitution, this fluid concept principles are totally relative. My reality um, exists very separately from your reality. And so then we can't even have a rational argument and even disagree because we're not even starting from the place of agreement on what are our terms? What are the discrete concepts that we're even debating? And this is where the left now is, is so frustrating because they are purposefully trying to get away from discrete, concrete definitions so that we can't even push back on their argument because it's so slippery that nobody can even get their hands around it because it changes constantly. And that isn't rational. It's not part of reality. And that's why we have to, in order to have any conversation whatsoever, we have to be willing to stand up boldly to speak truth and to continue to provide rational definitions. Yeah, it's it's so true, and 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 you know it's not uh, it's not. I, I have hope. I have hope um, that there is a chance for. I, I let me put it this way. I sense a groundswell of a desire for a, a connection to the transcendent and the the ultimate truth. We we see that through the rise and popularity of people like Jordan Peterson, who who sells out these stadiums. And, and what's he talking about? He's talking about taking on responsibility. He's examining the Old Testament scriptures and, and, and connecting that to our, our psychology. And, and people, I think, being raised in a, a relativistic culture, they we know that the truth of God is written on the heart of every person. And there's an innate desire for worship. And, and just like with Nietzsche, he, 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 he proclaimed the, the death of God. But that was not a happy occasion in his mind. He, he, he worried about the consequences from removing that ultimate authority, just like George Washington in his twin pillars from his farewell address said, these institutions can only exist with a moral and religious people. And, and if you think it can't, you better think again. And so we have to, and something we talked about yesterday is that it's a chicken egg question. There's a, there's a righteous people fundamentally, uh, uh, 
entrenched in the truth of, of Scripture and 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 in the faith of Jesus Christ? Is that necessary first in order to establish righteous uh, government um, institutions, or do we have to establish righteous government institutions in order to protect the ability to be founded in uh, 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 your Scriptures and 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 being able to practice your faith? Um, and, and continue on in the sanctification of your faith. And so I think you agree with me that uh, we need the the righteous, the moral people first before we can ever entrust any government institution to do what is righteous inside of God. And and right now in the church, and something I'm battling in my own life with, with people who've been Christians a long time, but they still are on the milk of Scripture. They have no real foundation in the knowledge of, of the 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 deep truths of scripture and so just like in hebrews it says you know you this is a time where you ought to be teachers but you can't teach because we got to tell you again the first principles of the oracle of god so that you can move from the milk of scripture to the meat but you're you're unskilled in the word you live on the milk and you need to grow up you need to get on the meat and so you touched on this with your speech in ohio talking about the 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 ignorance, not in a pejorative way, but just in the technical way, the, the ignorance of, of our rights, the Constitution, how it was founded, what it, what its purpose was, what its intent was to do, what its intent was not to do. And I think we have to, um, to borrow a Latin phrase uh, that you and I both are familiar with, ad fonte. We got to get back to the sources. We got to go back to the fundamentals. We have to understand the history and traditions that made America what it is now. And if we don't, and this is the other issue, Jenna, there are people who, who sense the government overreach. They sense the, the uh, relativism coming into the church, but they don't, and it's something they, they realize within themselves, but they don't have any ammunition to battle it because they're unfamiliar with why it exists. And so they can't battle it, but they know it, it's, it's wrong and they want to change it. But this is the other thing. They don't want to give up their comfort. They don't want to sacrifice peace for truth. And that's a dangerous, that's a dangerous uh, way to live because if, if you sacrifice uh, truth for peace, then you'll, you'll, you'll have neither one. And, and so we have to admonish fellow believers and citizens um, as, as, as busy as our lives is, uh, as busy as our life becomes, and as as daunting of a task as it seems, what is more important than what we're talking about right now? And and if we don't, if we don't, we're going to see a continuing decline of the institutions, both civilly and in in the church. Absolutely. And talking about, you know, which came first, the, the chicken or the egg? And, you know, do we we need to have a righteous people or a government that protects the ability for people to become righteous? Um, I think our, our founders understood and started this nation because they were righteous people. They understood the, the principles of truth. They understood the proper role of government, of the church, uh, of the importance of family. And they created a system of government that would protect and preserve 
our ability to exercise our first freedom, speaking together about truth because they were righteous people and understood the importance. Now, I'm not saying, and of course, people can push back and say, well, you know, look at what Jefferson did on this or look at, right, uh, you know, right, they, didn't, they didn't push back on, you know, they didn't uh, exactly do, you know, this or that. Well, you can look at any Christian. You can look at me and say, I'm not perfect. Absolutely. That doesn't mean that I'm not righteous in the sense of um, being a born again Christian and, and, and You're living kidding. my life according to uh, the principles of the word of God and acknowledging truth. That doesn't mean that I'm going to be perfect. We live in a sinful world. So for the people who yeah. say, well, we're not a Christian nation because the founders um, weren't the, the perfect, sincere Christians, well, then you miss the entire point sure. of the gospel. And you also miss yeah. the point that the founders didn't set up their own lives as the standard of the measurable difference between right and wrong and good and evil. They acknowledge the truth that's actually outside of themselves, outside of right. their life and practice, and said, we look to God as the supreme judge of the universe. He is the one yeah. that endows us with our rights and that he uh, he is the one that uh, created the universe, that created the reality to which we're presented. And they recognize that truth and said, so therefore government needs to operate within that. And the sole purpose is to preserve and protect our rights. And so then when the church looks at this and we look at the amazing opportunity that we have in the United States to live in a country that was designed acknowledging truth, unlike other forms of government, unlike other nations throughout world history and even contemporaneously, we need to get back to being a righteous people. Because as much as yeah. the government can preserve and protect rights, if we can't even, this goes back to definitions, if we can't even yeah. define who God is, we won't be right. able then to define the rights that he gives us. Because as C.S. Lewis right. said, you know, we have to have relationship requires two different uh, points on on uh, the spectrum in order to see the rational relationship. So we can't yeah. understand who we are without first understanding who God is and our relationship yeah. to him, that we are human beings made in his image. And so when right. we look and define first our rights, then, uh, or first who he is, rather, we have to define first who God is then who we are in light of him, that we are made in his image yeah. is truth. Then we can say, okay, what rights do we have because of him and his person and the personification of truth? Then we can say, now, how is our government obligated to protect those? So it starts with being a righteous people. And by definition, again, that's important. Definition yeah. meaning we have to properly define truth. We have to properly define mm -hmm. God. We have to properly define who we are as made in his image, and then we can properly define our rights. Because if we don't, and this is what's really important, um, it, is that we get off into this secular viewpoint that the culture currently has, the Supreme Court has, that the leftists have, that says, okay, well, because uh, rights are so fluid, we're just going to define abortion as a right. We're going to define yeah. healthcare as a right. We're going to define all these other things because Fluid definitions, if we define our rights separate and apart from the moral truth of God, our creator, then we start redefining and reinventing our rights because we're not in a rational relationship 
and see that rational relationship with the personification of truth in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have to get back to basics, even when we think about um, our our political involvement. It's not just about proper policy. It has to be policy that's grounded in truth and that we can define properly our rights that come from God, our creator. And we have to be able to properly define what the government does. And if we're not doing this from a Judeo-Christian perspective, a truth-based perspective, then all we're doing is arguing with the left about these uh, very slippery definitions of human rights and, you know, rights that include, according to them, abortion and, um, you know, all these other things that are obviously immoral because they don't have a grounding in immutable truth. Yeah. And and what happens, Jenna, is we all have that innate desire to have a, a relationship with the transcendent. And so when you quote unquote, kill God and remove him as the ultimate arbiter of truth and what is just, then you you replace it with secular idols and secular priests and uh, uh, secular orthodoxy. And, it, and, and we see that today, not in following the science, quote, but in scientism. And that becomes the church of the secular humanist. And, and, and yes, the righteousness that we carry is not of our own. We, we have the righteousness, we bear the righteousness of Jesus Christ because of what he did for us. And so with the gift of the Holy Spirit and being uh, devoted to intense study of the word, uh, we, we first have to establish what's true. We, we're, we're seeing right now, we're on the precipice, I think, of another DSM-6. Uh, well, you and I have talked about this. And, and instead, like with the ACBC, uh, the, the Thetic Counseling through the, the, the Christian faith that says Scripture is sufficient, and they say, okay, let's define normal. What is normal? Well, Jesus Christ, uh, the second Adam, he lived a perfect life. He, as a human being, Jesus exhibited what it is to be in line with God's will completely. And, and then where it deviates from there, then we can talk about issues. But when you have uh, relativistic secular culture that has no foundation, no objective truth, then everything changes. You can see uh, uh, it, uh, symptoms and, and diagnosis in the DSM who, that's later removed from the DSM because culture decided to accept it uh, rather than to continue to treat it as the sicknesses that they are. And so what we're, what we're dealing here with is, is even if the founders, okay, um, were not perfect Christians, they they were they were wise enough to understand that there was something bigger than them, and that they were not in control of everything. They were not the gods themselves, and so they hold the truth to be self-evident that these are unalienable rights, and to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their uh, just powers from the the consent of the governed. And and so you have that symbiotic relationship there. But when you have a culture that's out of whack, so to speak, when they're not founded in, 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 in biblical truth and they're not holding their representatives, representatives accountable, they get into the tribalism warfare, the sport of politics, which gets nauseating and, and, and at times feels hopeless because of that. You see today that I think there's, there is not only a groundswell for a desire for fundamental truth, but you are seeing a rebellion against that, not only within the church, which is trying to fight 
uh, CRT within the church, which is based upon Marxism and this oppressor-oppressed relationship. That's the way they see all of human history. And now they're bringing that into the church. The church is trying to fight that. But now you see people who are agnostics or atheists in in the popular culture, like Joe Rogan or Dave Chappelle or, uh, you know, these Shaquille O'Neal, uh, different uh, prominent voices within sport and, and media that are s- stepping out from this and saying, this is ridiculous. Even us, even we are not going to acknowledge this because it's so absurd. And I think, Jenna, this is where my hope comes from, because you see, and I talked to you about this the other day, it's interesting because uh, uh, one of my guilty pleasures is uh, Jimmy Dore. He's, he's a liberal, a severe liberal. Uh, but he's honest, and, and Tucker Carlson is more in line with where my personal uh, political philosophy is. Uh, but they have become uh, not friends. I wouldn't say I don't know. I'm sure they talk before he comes on the show. But Tucker has brought Jimmy Dore on the show from time to time, and they're in agreement. And I think when we when we dissect the issues that we have, when we try to get back to the fundamental principles of, of where we establish the first step. We find that within the culture, that regardless of your party, regardless of your team, we have more in common than we do that divides us. And, and the, 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 the trick of the devil, and I do believe that we battle not against flesh and blood, but the trick is, uh, is, is subtlety. It's subtlety. It's, it's to just plant a seed of doubt and then foster that and grow it into hatred, uh, malice. And, and, and division. And when they can do that, and they can, you know, stir up cultural emotions and, and divide people on that, then they never have to deal with the fundamental aspects of where their power comes from, talking about politicians now, or what they're obligated to do. And then the, the culture who, who diverts themselves from understanding those truths has no ammunition to hold those politicians accountable. And then we get the culture we have today. But I'll just finish with this. I am hopeful. I see evidence of a desire for people to have a relationship with the transcendent. Uh, I see people with a desire for ultimate truth. And I see people both in the church and in the secular culture saying, no, this is too much. And all we can do is continue to admonish uh, our fellow Christians and citizens and pray for God's grace on our country. Yeah. And we have to, that's so well said, Matt, and we need to go back to our first principles and it's, and it's fascinating, you know, what, what you said uh, through this conversation about how we're, we tend to be tribalistic in politics now because the system is designed to just be Republicans versus Democrats. But what we're actually seeing in the truth of reality is that the rational people now, whether they're conservatives or even if they're liberal in terms of, you know, they, they don't have um, a, an awareness of scripture, they're still, you know, maybe they're atheists, but they're at least rational, reasonable people. Um, they still understand how reality works. And those people are now coming to, I mean, even look at Bill Maher, who's just going, you know, the, yeah, the rest know. of the left is absurd. And so he's actually yeah. has more in common with a Tucker Carlson than he yeah. does with his own party at this point. And so this is yeah. why we have to Still go back it. and say, we have to go back and say, there is, uh, we have to go and say that there is a rational purpose to government. This is not about left versus right. And the one thing to why I left the Republican party and said, I'm going to be unaffiliated because I don't want to have yeah for a lot of different reasons. But one of them is it bothered me as a Republican to say, well, just because 
I am a Republican, that doesn't mean that anyone then who is an R after their name, therefore I subscribe to and have to defend any policy position viewpoint that they may hold. And and right. on the on the flip side, anyone who's a Democrat, I have to be absolutely opposed to anything they do and everything yeah. they do is evil. That is so um, binary and in a way that's yeah. that's rationally ridiculous. And so yeah. we have to go back to saying, OK, what are the principles that we agree on? And whoever agrees with those principles, those are the people in office that I'm supporting. That's why I supported President Trump, because of his principles and what he was actually doing in policy. And because it was rationally related and rooted in the Judeo-Christian worldview. And that that's what the left and you know a lot of these never Trumpers don't want to acknowledge. But he was actually doing things that reflected truth and reflected the design of government. And so we have to get yeah. back um, to, you know, and, and we only have a few minutes left here, Matt, but we have to get back to first principles. And I hope what people take from this conversation, one, is that we can have hope, but two, that we need to think about the greater context of our government and start first by being yes. a, a religious people and understanding why first principles matter, where truth is derived from, where our rights are derived from, and not just buy into this leftist proposition that rights are can be defined however they prefer, don't even have a definition at all. And so yes. all we need to do is engage in politics. There are so many well-meaning patriots out there that all they do is engage in politics. And if you divorce that and unmoor politics from the rational grounding in the Christian worldview in truth, then yep. you're not actually advocating for our U.S. Constitution anymore. You're not advocating for truth. You're only advocating right. for my worldview, my truth versus their truth. And so you've lost yep. the debate before you've even started. So we have to yep. be engaged, passionate patriots, yes, but because of our first engagement in Christ, in the Christian worldview, in hopefully church, and also uh, being a moral and upright people. So closing thoughts. Yeah, I, uh, Jenna, I, I think that's that's exactly right. I think the, the uh, book of Hebrews speaks uh, loudly to the modern church. We have people in the church who are sweet people, people who just like, uh, I think it's... Um, he, Paul says, you know, as as much as it's within your ability, live peaceably a, among all men. Uh, but we also see in Peter where he says, uh, always be prepared to give an answer for the reason for the hope that's within you with meekness, uh, because you don't have to be trampled on. And and the church and our citizenry, they, and I, I put myself in this category. I got to stop being lazy. I have to be involved if I if I, if I'm truly worried about protecting the rights that are, are granted to us by God and governed over us by the government. Um, we have to be involved. We have to be uh, uh, educated in, in in the 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 foundational principles in order to be able to understand where we're going. I mean, how do you decide what direction you're going to go without defining first the terms? And I think this brings it full circle, Jenna. Um, you know, we have to start defining our terms. Everybody uses the same vocabulary, but we all have different dictionaries and we need to get back to defining truth. Yes, absolutely. So well said. So this is why everyone be 
engaged, uh, but be grounded and engaged first and foremost daily in your Bible, be reading Mm -hmm. the word of God so that you will have clear discernment, be engaged in your church, be engaged in your family, and then we can be engaged citizens who understand the proper role of government. So Matt, thanks so much for joining me today. Looking forward to having you on again soon. Thanks, my friend. Absolutely, Jenna. It's my pleasure. Have a great day. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.